Uh, I was gonna say, I'm drinking. First of all, oh, I, wow. I never drink. Right I never it, drink buddy. beer. But uh, I'm drinking not only beer, but it's beer from Batch Weekend. Whenever you well, guys uh, were all here, oh, wow. Jesus Christ, That's like eight months old. Is it bread? It's Miller Lite. Grow up. It's fine. I know. Is, that would survive uh, a nuclear fallout. Fucking is it like that? Uh, is it like that one time we got beer uh, for when when uh, friend of the podcast Mackenzie uh, went to go oh, get brought some home stuff? her uh, yeah. her office office party stash that was at totally at the, epic. At the newest like two years old and right. had been sitting in Did an unrefrigerated like closet. Two years old? Yes. We drank a lot of it. it tasted I'm not going to say we didn't drink no, a lot of it, though. No. no, but that's a point in your life where you just drink what you got. And honestly, mm-hmm. that's where I'm at because this is all I got right now. Fair <laughs> enough. But you have a full-time job. Yeah, I know. <laughs> What's I your don't excuse? Have a <laughs> and a car. <laughs> it's you rainy. You have a salary with benefits. <laughs> we we over here, Jordan, also have... We got some beers here. Uh-huh. Tink. But we also... Have some wine. Fuck you. Daddy's got but their wine. Yeah. Why do you have Bofa? Just to rub it in? Pretty much. And to get drunk. Wife Fucking of the pod trashed. generously offered us glasses of wine. I think because she wanted to flex on her new CB2 cups. Mm-hmm. She Those tried to flex cool on us. Uh, we went to a restaurant on Friday, and they had these cups as the cups for water. Oh. Uh, and then she's like, I think That's these are from CB2. We're going no. tomorrow. And so... <laughs> she did, and we got them. Very sweet. They're cool. They look like measuring cups without the handles. Right, exactly. They look like uh, if you took the candle out of like a votive candle. Yeah, it's I like a proper that. cup cup. I yeah. buy that. I don't. I I agree with you, Jordan. I don't care for it when restaurants give you tiny water glasses. No, that makes sense for wine, I yeah. guess. But it uh, <laughs> just give me no. Give, give me us, a, give me a slot bucket, and I'll drink. I that. need a That's holiday for <laughs> Give us, give me four <laughs> carafes of water, please. please. Carafes. <laughs> Do you remember also, neither of you were there, but I think we told uh, this on the podcast once where... Uh, neither of us um, were there? Then we probably don't remember. No, I, okay, I guess maybe I told it on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> but we were at uh, Waffle House this one... Uh, no, Cracker Barrel this one morning uh, when Barrel. we were still in college and like insanely hungover at like oh. 2 p.m. And uh, it was uh, past the future guest Cole Yepsen, uh, past the future guest Nick Johnson, and wow. a ton of other people. But we were there at like 2 p.m. because we all woke up uh, at like noon and, you know, finally made our way from my parents' place in Cool Springs all the way to the Cracker Barrel over by your old place, Kyle. Hello. And uh, we were sitting down there, and Nick Johnson looks like, you know, like a cigarette with a mustache sometimes mm-hmm. when he's hungover. Yeah. And the server, like, finally gets over to us. Uh, she starts pouring us water, and Nick goes, could you just bring us over, like, a pitcher of water? And she goes, <laughs> oh, did you, do you, do you kids run in the marathon today? And we all look at each other, and we're like, oh, no. And yeah. Nick Johnson just goes, Oh, honey. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. About as far from it as you yeah, could true. possibly I mean, a, be. A kind of marathon. Right. 
Welcome to the boardroom, where we openly lie to each other for our entertainment. We'll each present an obscure topic, but the twist is, they could be real or fake. It's our job, and yours, to figure out who's full of shit. All information should be taken with a grain of salt, because even the facts are probably wrong. Kyle's like, as a person that has done a half marathon um, and is actually, a piece of shit. I, hey, I was going <laughs> to say, He doesn't say, let though, us forget either one. I was going to say that um, having run a marathon and then immediately going to a restaurant, if you walk in with that medal, bro, you're like cock of the walk in that spot. <laughs> yeah, you're like, everyone is like so impressed. Everyone is, yeah. is just horny for you, and they're like, what, what can we give you for free, sir? And I'm like, please, no carbs. Um, I have a few ho- <coughs> housekeeping things too. Do you want to get that clean in the uh-huh. microphone? I have a few housekeeping <laughs> things too. Um, <laughs> just to timestamp the app, it is uh February second, Groundhog Day. Oh, and uh, old PP Punxsutawney Phil told us we got six more weeks of winter. Yeah, it's cold as fuck. So I will uh, say. Uh, like I said in the group chat where you finally, where you first brought this up, uh, not one with you, Jordan. Sorry, um, loser. Is this like a New York thing or pretty much? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the <laughs> the the weather in New York City pretty much like the the winter pretty much just started like two days ago. So. We're supposed to get uh, a Montucky cold smack this weekend. <laughs> Montucky cold smack. That's like <laughs> sounds like what, a like sex sushi thing. or sex. <laughs> Have you had that beer? No, that might have been post you leaving Nangville. Damn, those were the those became times. the cheap beer everywhere, and I fuck with it. Damn. Oops, sorry. Um, but anyway, so uh, the sage wisdom of the groundhog from Pennsylvania, much mm. like Bam Margera, see that app. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, again, as Kyle just told me, man has gone off the wagon again. Yeah, that was going to be my second oh, housekeeping thing. <laughs> we'll get to it then. Yeah, Steve-O, uh he he was on tour with Steve-O and then he got drunk one night and posted a bunch of shit on his uh on his Finsta at Captain Creamstain and uh <laughs> and he is officially off the wagon again and I think Steve-O is at his wits end. Damn. So we're hoping Didn't this for this tour just start. Yeah, literally. Damn. It's sad and I want him That's to get really better. That's really sad. As much as we joke uh get well soon, babe. Well, I'm about to make another yeah. joke. Uh you know, I would. I guess you could say that Bam has an unhealthy obsession with alcohol, which oh, is I an obsession, which is the theme of the episode. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, so we've got the 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 narrative theme today is obsessions. Why obsessions. are you so obsessed with me? And uh, I was trying. I'll I'll get into exactly why I chose to be obsessions uh, for the theme. When I, you know, give my topic. Sure. But yeah. uh, I think it kind of was a weirdly like open. It's eh, I don't know. It's a very open, open ended idea. It is like, open ended. And it got me thinking about like when I was, that was terrible podcasting by me. That was like <laughs> rambling as fuck. What? No, <laughs> you're great, pal. Dang, great. You kiddo. Were a pro. Um, I, four, I almost four years of this. I tossed around a few thoughts, but a lot of them I just kept coming back to like things that i'm obsessed with Mm -hmm. and that would just be other topics like (laughs) i tried to maybe throw in some you know some transit stuff maybe some chess Uh also i've been i was in a little bit of a slump but i've been fucking cracked at chess today you guys i had a i won like seven or eight games in a row i was hot 
Hell nice. yeah. Are you you should play one of the old Russian men in the in Union Square. I think so. I think I'm ready. I'm almost a thousand. I got to nine hundred today in rapid. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds tight and hot. It's sick. Do you think yeah. they have like uh, little cards at each of the table at each of the, the chess sets with their Union Square day rating yeah. on it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, possibly. I mean, that would be impressive. When right? I was at uh, at Cellar Dog on on Saturday, shouts out, shouts out to Cellar Dog. Um, there were a lot of people playing chess there. Cool. And there at was a bar, and there was one guy there <laughs> where they have ping pong tables pool tables like chess tables chess tables uh i i met the the gentleman who runs the ridgewood chess club Ooh. so uh potentially going Play potential uh, future kids. going north of the border and uh <laughs> wow. going up to the ridgewood chess club are we gonna do a chess episode a, a chess episode chess episode wow, wow yeah. we could uh talk about it just you go all right this is the vienna opening it starts with e4 E5. Wow. <laughs> Less than no viewer listeners. Right. Wow. People are are taking the time they've already spent listening to us and we're having to refund them. Somehow <laughs> we have zero followers on Instagram right. now because of we're this. We're having to they pay actually, them. They deleted yeah. our Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Because it was so bad. I have been wanting to do uh, a list with like the chess openings and and moves because oh, they have funny names and stuff. But I'm yeah. I'm struggling with how to do like the fake ones. Sure. I mean, I feel like we would just don't know any of them. I know. You but could do what I did for I the, the perfume Queen's room Gambit. one. You could do what I did for the perfume one where you just, they are all real except for like four fake ones. Yeah, eh, yeah. potential. I might write that down. Brie, girlfriend of the podcast, Brie listened to that uh, yesterday and oh, she nice. was like, I truly think I broke your guys' brains <laughs> in, in listening back to that episode. Yeah, Dude, I, I think fucking you did. killed. I was mad. <laughs> Kyle was mad. Yeah. But that's all That's all my housekeeping. So unless, Jordan, you got something, I think we can, no, dive, we can right dive, right dive into obsessions. Okay, folks, yeah. I'm going to go first. Guess why okay. it's going first. Guess um, going first. Mine is about... <laughs> Why'd you say me? <laughs> You're like, guess Kyle's saying my no, line. No, I said guess, guess Kyle's going first and it didn't work out. Oh, boy. Um, I my, my topic is about Percy Fawcett. A man who went in search of the lost city of Z. Like Charlie Hunnam. Inventor of the faucet. Yes. (laughs) Father of Farrah Farrah. Yeah. Oh, fuck you. That's the only one I Group think. Mm -hmm. Group Group think. think. Group think. What are you guys doing? I am doing uh, the real life story that was the inspiration behind Moby Dick. Ooh, heard of him. Melville. By Herman Melville. Can't pull any can't pull the wool over this guy's eyes. Real. Uh I'm gonna do Stan culture. Ooh. There's no real explanation. That sounds uh, like yours, Wyatt. It's uh it's very fucking long. Cool. Yeah, mine is mine is quite long. Maybe the longest one I've done, but I read but through it a few I've times. Learned a lot. Maybe I've learned I'll go lot. middle Great. then so we can do like a long a long sandwich. Cool. Where I'm the short Maybe meat. So. Like the, the uh, like the 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 Chicken sandwich from Burger King. Or like the Whopper, 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 Whopper. Have you guys seen those memes? Nope. No. Oh, man. Get on the internet. Percy (laughs) Fawcett. Junior double, triple Whopper. Percy Fawcett. dope. Men will go to the Amazon eight times in search of a lost city before going to therapy. Is the... 
Yeah. The subtitle. The subtitle. <laughs> now I know what you folks are thinking. Why did Wyatt choose obsession as a theme for an episode only to tell the story of some foppy English explorer who died in the Amazon? Spoiler. I wanted yeah, Come spoiler. On. I wanted to hear about the sinful delights such as chocolate, sex, or heroin. And rock and roll. Fuck well, yeah. faithful listener, I wanted to keep it open-ended for my co-hosts. Hi. If I did Explorers, Jordan would have pulled out his current school workbook and talked about how Christopher <laughs> Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492. <laughs> I did know that. You can kiss my balls. Yeah, I know. It was your most recent unit, like last week, right? You're a eunuch. In, in <laughs> what? <laughs> Wow, that was a good poll. That made me laugh. <laughs> While uh, and then Kyle would have talked about some character from track three, minute forty of a bootlegged Rush album <laughs> called "Dictations on the Theory of Dark Matter," who went in search of some type of new math or some shit. He knows us. Yeah, and it's funny that you started yours like this because mine starts similarly. <laughs> me just, me me just dragging my friends. <laughs> I can't wait. I get all the like the good joke writing out at the beginning. I always write my introduction slide pretty much before I've done any research at all. Oh, same. Oh, same. So yeah. like this is this is what I'm just like on fucking I'm I'm like I think on that autopilot. We should have at the end of each year we should have a greatest hits and all that is is every one of our preambles <laughs> from every episode of the year. I that's, that's the funniest. Just call. some super cuts. Yeah. Uh, listeners, listeners, get on that and tell me your time code. Sounds like a Y job. Yeah, uh, Y no voice. Uh... Um, but I wanted to talk about this cool movie I saw a few years ago, The Lost City of Z. World War Z. <laughs> uh, this movie, one I return to every once in a while, The Lost City of Z. Not to be confused with the perfectly fine Channing Tatum Sandra Bullock rom com, The Lost City. This flick stars the handsome and charming Charlie Hunnam and his good friend Robert Pattinson. Are they pals? That guy from in Batman. the movie they play. Oh, okay, that's yeah, a lot of good friends in one flick. Yes, and much like almost all of mine and our book reports back in our school days, the movie will serve as the primary source for my topic. <laughs> It will also be supplemented by a skimming of Lieutenant Colonel Percy Harrison Fawcett's Wikipedia page, you know, to really round out the high school paper analogy. You ever mm -hmm. Google how to MLA cite a YouTube video? <laughs> <laughs> I did yes, that a lot. Yes, actually. I did that a lot. Um, <laughs> also, neither of Kyle or I have seen this movie. Yes. So. You, and, you uh, said that the guy was in it though, so you obviously. I know just about I him. love Charlie Hunnam. That's all I know about. I've him. never yeah. even heard that name before. He's Sons of Anarchy guy. Yeah, Sons of Anarchy. Oh. I I like again, or I will you know say it. I'm probably at another point, but like I truly could not recommend this movie more. It's fucking so good, and it's on Amazon Prime. <laughs> again, we can't hear it, but we see that you squeeze. Yeah, it. I know. It's we chill. know what it is. Um, but yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. The folks go go watch it it's great all right um i particularly wanted to tell you all about percy because when i wa originally watched the movie i thought it was just a crazy story a tale of fiction based on the type of exploration that took place in the early 1900s only to find out that it was based on a real man's life or was it <gasps> i don't that's, know that's why we're here why that's the show yeah that's 
Percy Harrison Fawcett was born in Devon, England in 1867 to well-educated parents. This means, like the Nepo babies of today, Percy also became well-educated. Percy attended the Royal Military Academy and rose through the ranks, becoming a lieutenant of the Royal Artillery at only age 19. At 30... He was promoted again to captain and served in Hong Kong, Malta, and Ceylon, modern-day Sri Lanka. Sounds like a he's a modern-day Smedley Butler. <laughs> never heard of, <laughs> never said that name before in my fucking life. Then see that up. Then in 1901, the trajectory of his life changed forever. He, like his father before him, joined the National Geographic Society. Oh, Royal Geographic. Uh, yeah, Royal Geographic Society. So Sorry, not I like just, the yeah, channel? No, yeah, I just <laughs> fucked that up. The Royal Geographic Society. Or the magazine. More Nepo baby shit. Facts. <laughs> this, was, this was a professional organization whose duty was to explore, map, and survey the more, quote, unexplored regions of the world you know and according to the film was filled with men who talk like this you see you know my good man i buy it uh he also got married to his wife nina uh and they would go on to have three kids but only their eldest son jack is important we'll get to that wouldn't you hate to be one of the other ones brian and some other and some girl yeah some girl (laughs) Uh, At the RGS, he surveyed uh, North Africa and was promoted once more to major. But in 1906, he was given an expedition to South America, tasked with mapping the jungled areas between Brazil and Bolivia. Bolivia! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Have you guys ever been to South America? Nope. Uh no, I did Does, like a uh, like a Caribbean cruise. Oh <laughs> yeah. Does Nassau Does that count? count? That's pretty much as far south as I've been too. Yeah. I basically only asked you guys that so I could take a sip of beer. Swoop. Um, so just like that, the explorer was off for Amazonia. Joined by a small crew of locals and guides, he was also aided by a man named Henry Coston. Costin was essentially a independent contractor for the RGS, and it helped him with surveying, amongst many other things. In the movie, he is played by Pattinson in his, quote, 1970s John Lennon era, complete with a long, bushy beard, straw hat, and wire-framed glasses. Imagine all the people. <laughs> Living life in peace. Uh, here, the trappings of the civilized world were nowhere to be found. The only comfort the Englishmen had were singing songs about the glory of the crown and its wonderful territories. A thing the guy, the local guides probably loved. And it's like they're all just singing Beatles songs. Right. <laughs> and Rolling Stones. Sure. Eh. Eh. Engelbert Hunk- Humperdinck, he's an English guy. I'm not even like, name. you know, me and Beatles, are, it, it's complicated, but like, I wouldn't even put the Rolling Stones <laughs> no. in the same argument. No, as the not at all. Not they're at just all. like, I'm glad we're all in the same They're just like another band that existed at the same time. Yeah. Instead of posh beds and warm fireplaces, the men encountered 62 foot giant anacondas, some unknown Shit. species of a cat like dog the size of a foxhound. Another species of dog with two noses and a giant 
Apazuraka spider. Yuck. I'll take the cat dog, please. Yeah, the Amazon rainforest scares me. It's no, it's, that sounds it's like a, shit. It's a place that's not for people to live. Yeah. But At least not people that have, like, unless they've, like, lived there for not a, a thousands of years. Soft, you know. Soft white, whitey. City dwelling whiteys. Yeah. Uh, Save our forests. Right. <laughs> Save our forests, but just keep me far away. Keep from me the it. fuck yeah. away here's, from here's our Here's my forest. contribution. Please yeah. go away. Uh, <laughs> on this voyage, in the next two he took. He heard tales of an ancient lost city of gold deep in the Amazonian forest. Native guides told him of an ancient king who was head to toe adorned in gold. One who had lived in a city that predated even European cities. That's impossible. This floored Fawcett. As a man obsessed with staking his claim in history, he had to be the one to find it. Fawcett, like all of us, had also heard of the ancient city of El Dorado, but believed that had nothing to be more than a bedtime story that led the conquistadors to their deaths. Uh-oh. They're and not yet, great either. And yet, somehow, this city that he called Z seemed credible. He deemed it the missing piece of the human puzzle. Hmm. Racist theories of the time claimed that peoples of this region were, quote, too primitive to have developed a civilization that rivaled that of European cities. But then again, but then again, ancient (laughs) cities like Cusco, Tenochtitlan, and Machu Picchu had been discovered, so Z didn't seem impossible to Fawcett. Yeah, but that's when they go, oh, it must have been aliens. Right, well, you know. If if non-Europeans did anything that Europeans couldn't do by that point, it must have been aliens. Fawcett searched high and low. He launched expeditions to the Rio Verde in Brazil in 1908. That means the Green River. But found nothing. <laughs> might as well be called Rio No Lost City of Z. Must, might be called Rio Nada. Rio No Oro. Uh, no gold. Damn, uh, nice. He even found the Spanish. source of the Heath River between Peru and Bolivia in 1910. But pff, again, no shimmering city of gold. Damn. Only shooting stars break the mold. (laughs) (laughs) I've been wanting to do a topic on where rivers come from for a while. So damn it, why? (laughs) (laughs) That might be our next uh, geology. We've already done geography. Let's do it. It could just be where shit comes from. Yeah. (laughs) Where does X the origin of things? Where on the origin of things? (laughs) On the origin of rivers. (laughs) Jesus um, Christ. It's getting just sounding better and better. Each time he <laughs> each time he returned empty-handed, he didn't only disgrace himself in the RGS, he also missed out on the raising of his family. His wife probably hadn't come in years. His eldest <laughs> she, wait, she came on the expeditions? <laughs> but she hadn't come in years. Hmm. His eldest Don't you <laughs> me, you son of a bitch. Hmm, is my new nice, folks. <laughs> we hate it. I hate uh, it a lot. <laughs> almost, like, infinitely worse. Universally panned. Uh, <laughs> his eldest son, Jack, repre- uh, resented him for his absence. But again, more on him later. Ooh. In 1911, Fawcett and Costin returned to the Amazons, this time joined by another explorer, James Murray. Known for his expeditions to the Antarctic, James Murray got folded like fucking laundry by the rainforest. Pussy. Bra was fat, 
not fat shaming, <laughs> but he ate most of their provisions. Sounds like fat shaming. Broke his leg, struck a fever, started to get paranoid of the other crew members, <laughs> sent away their horses, and essentially resigned all of the party members to die. Dude sounds like a lazy narc. Fuck this guy. <laughs> and a dork. <laughs> and a fucking dork. dork. And a nerd. <laughs> this forced the expedition to be cut short, and Fawcett came home empty-handed once more. All seemed to be lost. That shit sucks. The emotional low. Bad. But Sing. then, finally, in 1914, while searching the Mato Grosso region of Brazil, Fawcett found pottery in the forest. This had to be proof. He also found a document called Manuscript 512, written in 1753 by Portuguese explorers that detailed a city with arches, statues, and a temple with hieroglyphics. But Fawcett, for some reason, determined that couldn't be Z. Aliens. Then World War I broke out, and he volunteered for service, again abandoning his family, and became a decorated war hero. Yippee. Just like Smedley Butler. Damn, is he Percy? Maybe. He is Medley Butler. When um, did this happen? Nineteen. Ba- this pl- basically takes place from like nineteen oh five to nineteen twenty. He could be a smedhead. Damn. Post World War One, after having left the RGS because of the James Murray debacle, Fawcett had just two more cracks at it. Uh, he attempted a solo journey in nineteen twenty, but didn't make it very far because he struck a fever and accidentally shot his pack mule. Not a good look. Who is he, Dick Cheney? <laughs> Dickhead. Uh, <laughs> nice. Nice. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> he returned home, more or less promising his wife he'd swear off the matter. He attempted to live a normal home life. He said, on God, not going anywhere um, anymore, mommy, honey. You got it, babe. No cap. I'm back. But I'm guessing he pulled a 2020 Tom Brady. Yeah. He pulled a And Brett he kissed Farr. his kid. <laughs> <laughs> At the age of 52, he had no beliefs that his best years were before him. He patched up things with his family, and that was the end. Just kidding. That's so... Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I was like, that fucking sucks. That's depressing no, as shit. Just kidding. The last one was way worse. His eldest son, Jack, had grown up and, f- I guess, maybe forgiven his father. God, I hope he outdid him. Probably so not. Cool. He probably didn't forgive him. He probably just wanted to spend more time with him. And he asked Dang. Percy to join to if he could join Percy on one last trek through the woods. Percy agreed and got funding for the trip by a London-based organization called The Glove. A London-based organization. You're based. (laughs) A based-ass London You're based, bitch. You're based, you (laughs) wanker. And uh, and in 1924, (laughs) Percy, Jack, and Jack's best friend, Raleigh, set out. With Mm. Percy's years of experience and the two younger men's health, ability, and loyalty, the three opted for a light, uh, to travel light, hoping for less notice from hostile native tribes. Lo, the folly of man. Woof. They made their way to Upper Zingu in Brazil, setting up camp in the aptly named Dead Horse Camp. Uh-oh. Better not beat that. The final <laughs> <laughs> the final correspondence from the expedition came in the form of a letter to Percy's wife saying, quote, You need have no fear of any failure. 
they were never heard from again. <laughs> some accounts, some accounts from tribes said that Fawcett attacked the tribes for not giving them guides and porters, while another claimed that Jack Fawcett consorted with a chief's wife. When the chief claimed this, Percy alleged is alleged to have slapped the chief, also upset Ooh. that the chief had not given him canoes for their journey. Not, you know, not great diplomacy this here. It's like a needy bitch. Very entitled. Well, I guess for real. Yeah. I mean, Nepo yeah. baby. Exactly. Nepo shit. They also could have died from starvation or natural causes. Sure. Natty causes. But my favorite theory is that since that region is filled with cannibalistic tribes, they were killed and eaten. And eated. Either way. That's a cooler story. They all died the end. And that's Percy Fawcett. Wow. Cool. There's, there's I've got a little postscript at the end. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it at the end of the episode. Okay. There is something about like those uncontacted tribes and things. Obviously, mm-hmm. I mean, North Sentinel Island. Sure. Yeah. Um, See that up. But uh, there's something about that that I find absolutely fascinating. And the fact that... I do, too. They have evidence of like the times that like modern cultures have contacted these tribes. Mm-hmm. And then they go back like 50 years later and they talk about those contacts like... In reli- like it's a religion, almost. right? Right. Because it's like if you think about like you're making a weapon out of a stick, and then somebody lands like a Black Hawk helicopter <laughs> like in your village. Yeah, you wouldn't I know how Jesus to describe that. And then like yeah. over fifty, you know, two or three generations, the story gets told and retold, like whispered down the lane, and yeah. it's like you know that turns that's religion. You know, you want to yeah. know with with that in mind, a fucking crazy thing that is true. Uh-huh. James goddamn Cameron, the man himself, oh. uh, between Avatar 1 and this movie, took some time off and went to the rainforest to like advocate for indigenous the rights of indigenous peoples. Huh. Okay. And he like uh because of like what, what like you know all the, the themes in uh Avatar and he, I guess he showed them Avatar. <laughs> what a douchebag. <laughs> Fuck you, if that's true. Apparently, it's like fucking huge. They loved it, and he like kept going back, and they're super excited. But can you imagine if you are like an indigenous tribe in the middle of the Amazon rainforest, and then some guy brings you, gives you, like, brings in, has like a, a 3D TV brought in and like gives you glasses and then shows you this thing that you this have thing in a language no you don't speak. Yeah. Like, and they're like, can we have a boat? Yeah. <laughs> and then they slap him because yeah. he's the chief <laughs> and, and he didn't give them a canoe. Him. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go. And I think this is a good order because it's like, you know, one explorer versus another. Sure. Obsessions. We've all got them. I'm obsessed with transit and city planning. Jordan Dude. is obsessed with funny sounding farts. <laughs> and Wyatt is obsessed with finding out which foods he's allergic to this week. <laughs> Dude, Some we're are, all doing the same shit. Are we? Okay, good. It's a good, yeah. good, it's a trend. Yeah. Some obsessions are harmless and cute. Some are damaging and can lead the obsessed person far off course, leaving their lives in total disarray. One could say 
it might leave them stranded at sea. <gasps> oh, fuck. That's called foreshadowing. 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 Uh, we all like Jordan, the you got one? Foreshadowing? Sure. Foreshadowing. That's yeah, okay. that, that does work. Um, well, good, I mean, it's good, not good. great, but it's, it's fine. fine. I mean, it was the third one. so <laughs> I like the first thing you guys said first. We are all likely familiar with the story of Captain Ahab and Moby Dick. In the words of Ron Swanson, uh, Moby Dick is a book with, quote, no frou-frou symbolism, just a good, simple tale about a man who hates an animal. It's easy for uninformed viewers of the program to laugh at this line. Silly, Ron. <laughs> Obviously, the whale is a metaphor for obsession, a pursuit of something with very little chance of success. But what if I told you that there was a real man and a real whale that set the stage for Herman Melville's epic tale? What? I'd say fake. Save it for the end, Jordan. Okay. Sorry. Enter Captain John Boise. He was a ship captain of stupid name. out of the Boston Harbor in the late 1700s. Boise was your true 18th century American everyman. He earned an honest living as a lobster fisherman, supported his wife and son, Martha and John Jr., JJ, <laughs> and lived a modest life of obscurity. This was until the fateful summer of 1794. I think you all know where I'm going <laughs> with <this>. George Washington's <laughs> second term was in full swing. The new burgeoning country was chugging along, standing tall after a victory over their big brother, England. Jolly old. And a giant whale was terrorizing local fish populations in the water right off of Boston. <gasps> This hit the city especially hard. That's so hard. far north. I know, no, right? No, you can go whale watch. I've been whale watching off the coast of Boston. Never mind. Rub anyway, it in. Trying to trying to yeah. catch me in a in a trick yeah. that he knows more yeah. about than I yeah. do. <laughs> no, that sucked for me. Uh, <laughs> that sucked for me. This hit the city especially hard as their economy was heavily reliant on the fishing industry, and the yields were becoming smaller and smaller. At this rate, Boston would have seen its prosperity as a city shot down well over 200 years before the invention of the automobile would have had a chance to do it. Beep, beep. Mm. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I did a honk, and Jordan did the, the uh, engine revving. <laughs> mm. I'm a whale. Many of, that's your whale sound? <laughs> sounds no, like a dick. Cow. I was just going... Mm. <laughs> Many of the fishermen stepped up to try to be the hero who saved Boston, setting out with roughneck crews of other Bostonian fishermen, trying to claim the bounty on the Beluga Wit, as it was known locally. This sounds like Jaws, Kyle. Is this Jaws? The <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, it's blowhole. Kyle, you have you have to answer that. <laughs> Legal, or else it's a legally you have to say. <laughs> legally you have to because I asked. <laughs> uh, set out with roughneck crews, beluga wit. <laughs> the pursuit turned out to only further hamper the community they sought to protect. Many of these makeshift whalers returned badly maimed or never returned at all, Jaws. Wow. leaving spouses and families <laughs> behind Jaws. with no breadwinner. The city set a bounty on the whale of over $1,500, it's which by today's <laughs> money would be well over $100,000. It's not just Jaws. It's literally like any fucking story. I think this is 
the setup to fucking uh, Moby Dick. Moby Dick, too. Yeah, I mean that's the whole point. That's a good call, huh? Uh, <laughs> uh, which would be well over a hundred thousand dollars, a good sum of money. But is it something worth potentially risking life and limb over? Many of these men answered yes. <laughs> Many, they many of these men was a grumbled pr- through wooden and lack of teeth. Right, was, through yeah. scurvy and all. And <laughs> yeah. <so>. Yes. <laughs> uh, the legend of beluga wit only grew and grew as more people chased like the scourge twin. of their shores. <laughs> Real stories were passed down and told and retold. In a time long before the internet, it becomes hard, near impossible, to discern fact from fiction. Kind of like plot or not, but it's stories about a whale. <laughs> He had to Kyle, shoehorn that so one. I, I put that in parentheses too, so you knew I was that feeling was good. Kyle, Kyle wrote that first. Yeah. <laughs> like, how can I build above it here? and below it? That's right in the middle. Uh, our boy John Boy, uh, down to his last dollar, seeing no other way of changing his situation, decides to boldly go where so many had gone before and few had returned to tell the tale. Despite much protesting from his wife and child, he set a course to take down Beluga Wit. Wow. Y'all know me. Y'all know what I do. Uh, he said, Daddy, don't. He said, shut the fuck up. Shut up. Taking, uh, taking with him his first mate, Malcolm Brown, and a bag full Thank of homemade you. harpoons, <laughs> uh, they left from Boston Harbor early on the morning of May That's 19th, 1795. With one wow. mantra, kill or be killed. Fuck that whale. <laughs> it, was, uh, it wasn't hard uh, from, for Captain Boise's ship to encounter Beluga Wit, as it had a consistent pattern of eating up all the fish near the harbor. And as far as the whale was concerned, it had nothing higher on the food chain than it. Damn. John Boise said, I bet. <laughs> a short day or so after they set out, they saw BW and were taken by the true size of it. It appeared that the legends <laughs> Wait, were Kyle, true. Wait, Kyle, did he go, Yar, there be BW. Yar, we're <laughs> going to need a bigger raft, I do declare. <laughs> I no, but th- I said, there, there be BW. BBW. No, I oh, got what nice. you did. Yeah. Um, Kyle did. I didn't. Uh, what, Build-A-Bear Workshop? Yeah. Stock symbols? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That up? Uh, a short day or so after they set out, they saw BW and were taken by the true size of it. It appeared that the legends were true, underselling the size of BW <laughs> even. The men started hurling harpoons and any other heavy, heavy objects that could be jettisoned from the boat, aiming for the head, which luckily was a fairly large target. Like Jordan. <laughs> it wasn't a little-ass head whale? Fuck yeah. why. A giant <laughs> whale, just like a human-sized <laughs> head on the top. Like men in black head. Uh, B.W. was barely phased by their puny attacks, becoming only angrier, but not slower. (gasps) B.W. began thrashing into the ship. (laughs) It had danced this dance before, and J.B. and his boys, spelled like Boise, but just without the E, boys, uh, weren't exactly unique. The most bizarre thing is that B.W. did eventually back off and swam away from the ship. This was not an example of mercy in the animal kingdom. No, B.W. was content with the damage it had done and purposely was leaving J.B. and his crew for dead in the open waters. Wow. J.B. sensed that this would likely be the end for him and most of, if not all, of his crew. The thing that set John Boise apart from the others that came before him 
is that he both was simply built different, <laughs> and if a post-mortem <laughs> autopsy would have been possible, they likely would have found that he indeed had that dog in him. <laughs> John, John told his crew that he would not return with them, but gave them basic instructions on how to get back. And the on next- how to invent Boise, Idaho. <laughs> when I when I die, name the capital of a boring state after me. <laughs> that is my you got decree. A pin? I have coordinates. We haven't we haven't purchased the <laughs> land yet, but go ahead and do I that. I believe it to exist. <laughs> it's gonna be really bad. That's fine. I've never been to Idaho. I'm sure it's Idaho's not either. I love it out there. All right, Wyatt. Cool. <laughs> I'm well traveled. Sorry. Uh, okay, where were we at? Uh, basic instructions on how to get back. It's a museum down Dog there. Dog and him museum down there. <laughs> uh, the the next morning, when B W came back to the harbor for his morning breakfast, he swam <laughs> just close <laughs> enough to the ship for John to leap from the bow with his last harpoon in hand, latched himself into B W's back, and then he started stabbing. Oh <laughs> shit! And B's like, "Oh, that stings." He quit it. <laughs> I just want to. I'm just here for my breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) Eventually, not before my coffee. Don't even harpoon (laughs) me in the back until I've had my coffee. That's a sure. That's a coffee mug right there, Uh, with a big whale on the back. And then it says, "Did you call?" Or, or the the handle is a whale. (laughs) The handle of the mug. Um, Eventually, BW dove, taking JB down with him. And as the water turned a deeper and deeper crimson and the bubbles stopped, B.W. floated belly up to the surface of the water. The reign of terror was over, but unfortunately, the life and times of Captain John Boise was as well. The crew was able to return to shore with both the whale tail and the tail of the whale. Wow. A word? Sure. That makes this whole thing worth it. News spread down the eastern seaboard, and his name and legacy as the savior of 18th century Boston was fully cemented. Herman Melville heard the story as a young boy, and uh, the story of obsession. Uh, he heard that as a young boy. Uh-huh. Sur- <laughs> and the story of survival instincts yeah. and selfless heroism <laughs> inspired him to write the story that eventually came to overshadow the real events. Kind of a dick move, to be H honest. A Moby Dick move. Damn! Damn, that's a good clip. That worked out. Wow. Crazy stuff, dude. Yeah. Learned a lot. I think that shit is all fake, but yeah, don't believe a lot. one word of that. Kyle, where in there was your uh, need to insert joke? The bit about you trying out all the new foods that you're allergic to oh, wow. each week. It was early. Wow. Because okay. I didn't want to just do peanuts. Oh, you thought that was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to just do peanuts. I wanted to try sure. to mix it up a little bit, but then I got busy. And so I <laughs> got to uh, go back to old reliable. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, I, I mixed it up a little bit because the I mean the nuts are played out because he's not even allergic to nuts. Anymore. I know, Most right? Them, yeah. it's, not fa- it's not fair. Exactly. Yeah. Carrots, yeah. that's e- an easy one. You can, yeah, uh, yeah. That's I'm okay with jokes about that. That's fun. I've m- yeah. I've at peace with it. It's a part of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I got some shit to say. Cool. Do you? It's only a podcast. Dan culture. <gasps> like many a TBRPC topic, today's deep dive could be traced back almost to the dawn of time. Some might say cavemen stand fire. 
Jesus Christ himself had at least a dozen devout stands. <laughs> and don't even get me started on the believers. <laughs> Fire, Jesus, and believers. Justin Bieber. <laughs> yeah, we're going to cover a lot here. Fire, Jesus, Bieber. Sure. Jesus. <laughs> All born the same year. Wow, that's good. Uh, since the creation of the internet, though, the idea of stand culture has run rampant. Sure, a digital following is now easier than ever to garner, but that ease also brings with it some scary aspects. Some there is sleaze. more content and information about potential stan ease than ever before. Forget Zendaya's favorite color. We'll tell you her fucking shoe size. Harry Styles' <laughs> dog name? How about his mother's address? Stan <laughs> Wilded. <laughs> that one makes more sense. I feel like shoe size, that would have been in like People magazine. Right. But like, yeah, the mother's address, that you was would, Yeah, you would find that in a, in a People magazine with the pages stuck together. <laughs> Gross. And why yes. it's bedside table. No. <laughs> uh, stands be wild in. And after my extensive research, I kind of see that fear that Kyle has for the diehard fans of pop stars and public figures. The Swifties. So lock your doors and prepare your restraining orders. This is Stan culture. Stan. Stan. It is well known, I think, that the term Stan was first introduced in Eminem's song of the same title in the year 2000. You want to do it, Kyle? She's gone cold, I'm wondering why. God Got out of bed at all. Dislim. Okay. The rap god cleverly married the terms stalker and fan to make a fun new verb slash noun slash adjective in modern everyday usage the word is usually attributed to those that are more invested, sometimes obsessive, in a person or a thing. Hmm. I see the how idea, it ties together now. <laughs> the idea of a parasocial relationship isn't nice. always a bad thing, according to Buffalo University. <laughs> the ultimate source. Yeah. Becoming a school attached that, to a content. A school that I didn't even want to apply to. Much less cite for a topic. Says the guy that went to Oneonta. Yeah, you know. Could have done a lot worse. At least Buffalo has a light rail. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Fucking dumb. <clears throat> Becoming attached to a content creator can lead to improved mood and increased self-esteem, says Buffalo <gasps> University. It's probably good you didn't go there. But then there are those that view these famous folk as their friend. That is when shit gets sticky. Mm. My initial idea for this topic was going to be on the origins of stalking. But not only was that shit super dark, it's <laughs> just been going on for so long and it's hard uh. to pinpoint. Before I get into the thick of this shit, let me just say that a general, quote, stan is fine. We throw that word around a lot. A stan, I, I stand Drake. Kyle is a train and chess stan. Wyatt is a stand of movies and mustaches. That's chill. <laughs> We're usually healthy I get about that. it. That's true. Usually. But this topic wouldn't be fun or interesting if I didn't go to the underbelly of standing. Damn. Are you all familiar with the term erotomania or erotomania? No, I'm not. It's a subtype of a delusional disorder that is, thankfully, relatively uncommon. The paranoid condition is characterized by an individual's delusions of another person being infatuated with them. Fun fact, a fellow... Go ahead. 
uh, this is gonna sound like it's a joke, but is it like <laughs> spelled like erotic or is it kind I-R? Of. It's yeah, is it's it kind E-R? of erotic, but erot omania. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Probably similar root words. Continue. Fun fact. Etymology. No, it's erotomania. <laughs> I know I'm talking about the etymology of erotomania. It's erotomania, dude. Fun fact. A fellow named Sigmund Freud explained erotomania as a defense mechanism to ward off homosexual impulses. Folks. Which, like, eh, probably not a good blanket statement. Yeah, but, a little sus. You know. Folks, I was anyway. just raising my hands in, uh, in victory Erotic. right there. The dude loves it. As soon as Sigmund Freud was, was brought up, I was like, it is erotic. It's all sex. Anyway, it's been talked about for a long, long time, and this idea of erotomania came up in a lot of these articles I was reading about Stan culture. What are you doing? He's holding his microphone real weird. I've got, I made a handle out of the cord. That is weird. So I'd cool. have to take a picture. It'll I be feel on the like Instagram. it looks like a like a badly rendered video game where I'm holding my <laughs> hand up here, but, <laughs> but the, it does. The, the object is just not placed correctly. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Um, We're paying attention. During a little thing called COVID nineteen quarantine happened, and uh-huh. not shocking, it made this worse. As many relationships with content creators filled a void left by a lack of in person interaction. These relationships often lead to a sense of entitlement felt among fans, leading to intense backlash against a creator when personal information or content isn't received. Mm-hmm. Kyle, this is where yes. I concede. Stands can be scary as fuck. No They will do shit. literally anything for someone that doesn't know that they exist. Hada. And you guessed it. I got to go there for a sec. This takes us to the Swiftian universe. Mm-hmm. And the beehive, too. Taylor Allison Swift has had the world in a chokehold for what seems like a hundred years now and I'll say it I fucks with Taylor Swift I used to a lot but I am by no means a Swifty of this nature Diplo once went on record to say that Swifties are quote the worst people in the world wow (laughs) Diplo found in a shallow grave right that's also a (laughs) bit of a stretch yeah I mean, that's my thing yeah. i don't think they're the, the worst world fans it goes the swifties world. nazis rick and Morty isis fans. north yeah. korea oh we'll get there too um a lot of the time they're pretty harmless but sometimes it does get weird and i will say i feel okay talking about swifties because i'm not talking about taylor swift i'm talking about those diehard motherfuckers that come after those who come after their queen but i don't know you that got a music career to tread protect. lightly I don't know that they are calibrated to think about what happens if someone comes at them, just just T-Swift. That's actually, that makes some That's sense, fair. yeah. Uh, I don't want to make this all about Swifty metaverse, but we've <laughs> talked about its power in a few pods, so I just wanted to share the most recent thing I found about the Swifties in the news. For oh. sure. Dude, my mic stand is all fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> <Was> it? <laughs> oh my it God. It just broke. <laughs> Did it just break? Like, actually yeah. break? Oh, my God. Yeah, you got to tighten that. What a fucking bummer. That is fucking stupid. I'm just going to hold it. <laughs> He's holding figure it. Figure it out later. Ah. <laughs> figure it out. You got like to pose with that in the photo. With, yeah. like, stand back from the camera and have the broken ass. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, the most recent thing in Swifty News. Uh, Jenny and Georgia 
is a Netflix show that had recently released its newest season. Uh-huh. A line of dialogue spoken in one of the episodes of Jenny and Georgia was, what do you care? You go through men faster than Taylor Swift, <gasps> end quote. Oh, no. Dead in the water. Buckle the fuck up. Beluga wit just swam into the Boston <laughs> Harbor. To make matters worse, Swift herself tweeted at G&G and Netflix, quote, hey, Jenny and Georgia, 2010 called, and it wants its lazy, deeply sexist joke back. Whoa. She goes on to say how degrading it is to hardworking women and that it was horseshit and, quote, happy Women's History Month, I guess. Uh-huh. Bam! A barrage of tweets are then sent to the cast and the crew and Netflix employees to the tune of, at so-and-so, shut up, shut up, shut up. You don't have a career. Be quiet. You don't have anything going for yourself. Hey, bestie, can you please stop shaking Taylor Swift? Hey, ugly five-head bitch, don't talk about Taylor. <laughs> so on and so forth. I mean, they're funny. Yeah, I know. They're kind of mean, though. They shouldn't say that stuff. Yeah, it's just a joke. Mm. It's fine. The the Swifties to me seem like a stealthier breed of Stan. Like they aren't violent, but they could make you disappear <laughs> <laughs> under mysterious um, circumstances. <laughs> All that said, let's look at some other objectively peculiar stands because Swifties are not alone, nor are they the worst, in my opinion. Again, for these, I'm not judging them. I mean nothing about them. I let's just bullet point a few. You make your own analysis. This Me and Wyatt are, are holding finger guns up at it's Jordan. Chill. Uh, stands. Avatar fans. <laughs> they learn the made up Navi language and they have Navi sex. Rick and Morty fans. After R and M referenced McDonald's Szechuan sauce in a premiere episode, oh, no. fans ran the Golden oh, Arch no. Empire out of its stock, leading some fans to bid over forty five hundred dollars for the sauce on eBay. Uh, there's there's the Shining's moon landing conspirators. There's mm-hmm. the Paula's deadheads. Star Wars. Timothy Chalamet. No one is safe. But are these conspiracy theories or are these stands? These are st- well. The Paula's dead. I guess is cons- well. So is the other thing. Listen, yeah. I was just kind of going on a list. Yeah, of shit. Jordan was just having fun. Anyway, continue. you get overwhelmed and you think to yourself, "Fuck, the internet really did create this unhealthy, terrifying, sad <laughs> monster." But you know what? No, it didn't. It perpetuated it, sure. It made it easier, you betcha. But extreme standum is no new thing. Nice. And it may be used it may be used to be more intense. Uh, Ronald Reagan's attempted assassination occurred because an obsessed oh. Jody Foster fan wanted to turn her head. Then there's John Lennon. Then there's Dimebag Daryl. What was John Lennon? Shit. Just because he liked to catch her in the rye? No, the dude was obsessed with him. Yeah. But didn't he read Catcher in the Rye or something? Yeah, he for did. inspiration. But he I guess he was obsessed like, with that too. That book sucks. It's he a said, shitty book. Stupid. Yeah, it, it, he wanted to be like essentially mentioned in the same sentence as John Lennon, which he kind of can't bring it. up JL with talking does. about other guy. Yeah, MDC. MDC. I will say, in modern times, the truly mind-boggling, scariest aspect to me is that little YouTubers and TikTok teens and other micro-celebrities, because that's a fucking thing, are aggressively <laughs> stand. Yeah, that fans, shit is where I think it's. Yeah, at. fans reaching out to the creator's family members for more information, sometimes threatening, sometimes doxing. We don't 
docs on this podcast. No. Facts. We actually take steps to extra not docs. You're goddamn right. We bleep every episode. That's a freaking policy. Every word we say is bleeped. Yeah. If you're hearing yeah. this, please let us know because you've received a leaked copy of the podcast. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. The Listen. intended, all episodes sh- in, are intended to be like hour long <laughs> sine waves. Yeah, just a 60 minute one kilohertz yeah, tone. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, doxing brings me to the other side of the stand. The the anti-fan. Arguably just as fucked up. Two sides to the same coin. The anti-fan. It's fucking hilarious to me. So that's why I'm going to talk about the anti-fan for a moment. Kind of like an old MySpace status might say, you can't hate someone without caring about them a little. I'll oh. say, you can't be an anti-fan of someone without having a little bit of an as- obsession with them. That is facts, though. As yeah. somebody who's That's what I'm saying. incorrectly, I think, classified a hater on a lot of things, you literally, <laughs> like, my thing is I get in, get out, you know, unless something really agitates me. You don't me. harp on it. I get that. But then I have to admit to myself, like, okay, this is living in my head rent-free at this point. <laughs> like, Honestly, the Lions in the Sun and Beatles and Blink, both of those are pretty... Pretty consistent. Yeah, badgers. I'm gonna say it. You know what? I stand by both my answers <laughs> for both of those things. <laughs> okay. Uh, an anti-fan is someone who enjoys writing, discussing, or in some cases making derivative works about a piece of media, but solely for the purpose of railing against or parodying it. It sounds funny and innocent until an anti-fan gives a K-pop star a super glue laced drink, or what? when Alice oh. Wright. <laughs> <laughs> or when Alice Wright, a Brooklyn Kyle programmer, wow. creates Get Off My Internets, a blog solely used to criticize people and celebrities' finances, mental health, body image, divorce, and many other cool things to talk about publicly. <laughs> or my favorite, the, I'm not exaggerating, hundreds of articles and threads posted devoted to shitting on that motherfucker Caillou. Do you guys give a <laughs> shit about Caillou? I have Dude, heard about that, though. There yeah. is there's you know, an r slash fuck Caillou, <laughs> and it is dark. <laughs> I was so reading funny, it. Though. That's so funny. I guess, I guess I'm guess i sort of a, an anti-fan of cars, then. Because mm. I follow I follow r slash fuck cars, right? which is like fuck I think Caillou it's with r fewer letters. Anything is that. There's Unless also r slash like fuck Sydney Sweeney because that's different. There's an anti <laughs> anti fandom of cars that's called fuck fuck cars, referring to <laughs> the previously mentioned subreddit. So there's lots of layers to this onion. That is deep, I feel like dude. my eyes are turning into spirals as you guys continue to talk <laughs> like about the that wheels shit. of a car. Sure. Uh, last thing before we wrap up on the subject of labels, no, not record labels, idiot. <laughs> Fan labels. That is Swifties, Mahomies, Simpsonizers, missed opportunity on Simps, <laughs> if you ask me. Simpsonizers. Yeah. Uh, my favorite, the Rushers for Big Time Rush. Oh, boy. Uh, there are ass tons of these things, and that'll probably be a list for me one of these days. So That'd I'll be stop a good there. one. That but is good. While some artists like Lord, yeah, 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 discourages <laughs> Hi, the Lord. idea saying that. Uh, she discourages the idea of labels that she finds it grating to lump everyone into an awkward pun-centric name and will never do so, which fucking go Lord. That's God, cool. Stand Lord. There are artists <gasps> like Jesse J. Lordy. Jesse J. Uh, had this to say about her stands, the heartbeats. Ugh. Who's Jesse J.? Uh, she sings in Bang Bang. She got a killer voice, but who else? Who gives a shit beyond Fuck that? Fuck is Bang you know? Bang. All right, whatever. 
You mean Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Okay, I'm with you. <laughs> she, she's talking about her stands, the heartbeats. They support me and buy my albums and singles, and they stand outside hotels, and they come to shows, and they get tattoos of my lyrics, and they cut their hair like me. You have to love your fans. That's why I call them my heartbeats, because without them, I wouldn't be here. Next paragraph. In 2012, after Jessie J broke her leg, a stan broke her own leg to emulate the injury. The fan tracked down Jessie J's personal address, sent her a photograph of the self-inflicted injury. The singer was horrified and has decided to increase security. Oh wow. my god. That is That's the end of this. That talk. is how fuck. how do you break your own leg? All right, whatever. I mean, I know, sit on anyways. a train track. It'd be hard to do that in this country. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It all ties. You are what I'm talking about. I know. (laughs) Oh, boy. That was fucking... That is I feel different from the beginning of this recording to now. I like like it, though. I think we all did pretty good good work. I think they were good. Uh, Folks, my topic was Percy Fawcett. Mine was uh, Beluga Wits, the inspiration behind Moby Dick. Jaws. Mine was Stan Culture. I think Kyle's was fake and Jordan's was real. I think both of yours were real. I think Wyatt's was real and Kyle's was fake. Mine was real. One point. Mine Hell was yes. very fake. Yeah, one point. I got that too. Uh, mine was real. Okay, so a three-way tie. Great. Wait, <laughs> do we all get all of them right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, How look fucking at lame this. is that? It was look see, it was us. funny. I think when we're I think my topics are less funny when they're tricksters. But sure. when it's I like pretty obvious, it's a good LOL. Right, right, right. Definitely. <laughs> Dude, um, I've thought of a, so thought of a good tiebreaker while we were going, but <gasps> we can't really do it until the next episode. But why? It would be what if when we start, we tell each other what we're all doing. We make initial thoughts. We think, oh, I think yours is going to so be real. Smart, yours bro. is going to be fake. Uh, and although we'll that's just a both. coin flip. It is, but it's also a fucking answer. I guess you could go yeah. based off the, the topic. like name. I did want to say real quick, while we're, you guys think of something, uh, I'm passing the buck off to you. I set this up earlier, but um, the actual evidence of lost cities do exist geometric depressions in the ground throughout the regions of the rainforest have been found and proven to have housed cities of 60,000 plus people larger than early European cities. But they were made of lumber and earth rather than stone so they had decomposed by the time Percy uh, went snooping around for them. So he wasn't wrong but he wasn't right. He was so close. Also, I feel like if you found a, like an ancient city like that, what if you just stumbled across like the ancient equivalent of like Gary, Indiana? Like everyone <laughs> thinks like, like middle town. Oh yeah, all the ancient cities you find have to be like Atlantis or something sick. Yeah, no, what if it's just Boise, some like, depressed Rust Belt yeah. version or like the, the 1400s version? The of industry that. had died like hundreds of years. Exactly. Before. All the people left just because it sucked, right. not because it's, of some like epic tale. You they find just all. Cleveland. Hey. Hey. Cleveland's doing <laughs> good. Um, you know, Cleveland got fucked by the automobile, too. I could talk about that shit. for hours. What are you guys obsessed with? Maybe we can think <laughs> of something with that. Um, I'm into Drake. Oh, let's do that. Let's do trivia on what we're obsessed with with the other person. How's that going to work? 
Like I'll do Drake trivia for you two, and then okay. you guys pick trivia. Fine. All right. All right. That sounds good. I'm googling it. I'm not doing it on my own. We're gonna do um, what? Like three questions each. I was thinking like one. Okay. Yeah. No. Let's do one. One question. Okay. This I'm doing a movie trivia one. I'm looking at this. The first question is, what are the dying words of of Charles Foster Kane and Citizen Kane? It's literally the first line of yeah, the movie. Yeah, literally. It's like the most famous shit from the movie. Yeah, I didn't finish it. That's fine. All right, I've got one. Kay. I've got one for me. Okay. Um, out of all the subways in New York City. Fucking, he lives in New York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Wyatt might know this one. Oh, might he? What is the most popular line or set of lines? Set up? What do you mean? What does that even mean? ACE. Like, is it the ACE? Is it the BDFM? Is it the 456? I I need options. Those, I just gave you three. 456. Jordan gets a point. Fuck! The 456 is the most popular uh, transit line in North America, actually. Told you. Wow. Fun fact. I knew I'd know that. That used to be mine. So Jordan's got a punto. Okay. Baby, you my everything. You all I ever wanted. We can do it real big, bigger than you've ever done it. Are the lyrics to which of his songs? Best I ever had, Thank Me Later, So Far Gone, or Comeback Season? I think uh, the first one he said, Best I Ever Had. I'm going to say Comeback Season. Best I Ever Had. Wow, That's okay. All right, so now why it's got to do the tiebreaker. Yeah, I'm out. Okay, so you guys, uh, these are all fucking dumb, boring. If you just look up movie trivia, it's fucking... Oh, is there a lot? Dribble. <laughs> but it's also just like... The actor who, portray- who portrayed... Uh, who played this person? Forrest Gump. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tim Honks. Like, pretty much. Tim Honks. That actually Jenny. was one of the questions that I saw. Okay, fuck it. Uh, who is older, Vin Diesel or uh, Paul Giamatti? Vin Diesel. I'm going to say PG. Paul Giamatti is older by one month. I Woo! feel like... What? what? Yeah. I, have you asked this question before? It's my favorite fact that they're bo- both basically the same age, but Paul Giamatti is one month older. Damn. Isn't that crazy? Good on him. That's wild. That's you my all right. That's my first dub of the year. I think. Good work, Kyle. Good work, Kyle. Good work, Kyle. Thank you. Feels good. Wow. Back on top. Yeah. Long. All right, we're we're running long. So, Jordan, what you got to plug? Nothing new. Just vibe and follow me on my shit. I'm making music. That's cool. Any shows? Nothing yet. Any merch? I have merch. Uh, hit me up on Instagram or on my website, jordanlindley.com, and I will send it your way. I don't know how Hell I'm yeah. ever going to remember that. <laughs> Kyle, what you got? Uh, brother of the pod and I still doing music together, churning along. Yeah. We're, ch- we're, th- we're looking at playing an open mic. I don't know if I <gasps> mentioned that last time, but we're looking around at some options, so I'll be sure to plug when that comes. Does New Classic. York have venues? No, not really. Yeah. It's sort of just people screaming in the park. Pretty much. Hell um, yeah. But also, uh, follow me on TikTok at Not Another Trains Guy. Yeah. I, I saw one of yours recently that was funny. I made a new one of like new it. terminal at Grand Central Madison. We all went there. It was I didn't cool. see that. It's new. Check it out. 
Uh, folks, standard stuff for me. Listen to Perfume Room. Listen to uh, The Boardroom again. Start it over. Hi. Uh, you, you know, uh, check out Guilty Dogs podcast. Listen with <coughs> your <coughs> eyes to those. Um, come to the Chelsea Synagogue uh, uh, Saturday mornings every you know, every once in a while on Friday nights. Uh, any chance in 2023 becomes the year you do uh, open mic comedy again? N- uh, no, not at all. Not Never at all. Again. <laughs> this was w- this was you you. It seemed the way you looked at me seemed like it seemed like this was gonna be thing. this was gonna be like an announcement. But no, those days are behind me. Oh, those I'm, those years are behind folks, me, folks. Rate five stars, join the Discord <laughs> room, which is what I should have plugged before, and convince Wyatt to do open mic comedy. No, we need I another truly, tight five from I truly Doug have P. no interest. We've only ever seen him do it once, and he claims he did it a second time. I did it a second time, and it did not work very well. Uh, but folks, you got to get back on the horse. I appreciate it. Uh, folks, I will ask you, <laughs> speaking of rating five stars, just rate five stars and say whatever you want. And... Um, well, hold on. And join the Discord. Oh, and, jo- and join yeah, the Discord. Yeah, that's a good room. call. Um, but, you know, it helps grow the show and, you know, tell friends about it uh, if they have, if, if you have friends that listen to podcasts, even if you don't. And with that, to do ka. <laughs> Dude, just do the outro. This has been a Guilty Dogs podcast. Feel the heartbeat to the beat of the drum. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>